Have you ever wondered how a song is made? How it starts? What happens during the recording process? How does an idea become that beautiful three-minute thing you hear on the radio? My name is Emmeline, and in Journey of a Song, I take you on a tour of a musician's creative process, from the very first notes to the final, fully produced progression. As a singer-songwriter and an independent recording artist, I am intimately familiar with the magic of music creation, but I also know that each song has its own sacred story. Each week, I'll be talking to a different songwriter as they pull back the curtain on a favorite composition, beginning with the acoustic version of the song and ending with the final recorded product. In between, you'll hear a conversation about the inspiration behind the song, the decisions made in the recording booth, and the many ways in which music reflects and informs our emotions and our lives. This week, my guest is the talented singer-songwriter C.D. Barclay. Born and raised right here in Dallas and inspired by greats like John Mayer, The Eagles, and Jim Croce, C.D. Barclay writes simple melodies with unapologetically complex emotions. He's here today to talk vulnerably about his new single, Howling at the Moon. Welcome back to Journey of a Song. My name is Emmeline. I'm your host, and I'm super stoked for today's episode because I'm here with the insanely talented C.D. Barclay. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. This is really cool. Yeah, and you're coming to us all the way from Kansas City. I am. Yeah, I just made the trek up here a couple weeks ago. So just getting settled in and uh, not missing Dallas yet, but I'm having a, having a good time up here. So yeah. I hear there's less traffic up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can pretty much just zip anywhere you need to go. I mean, it is far away, but I'm used to that in Dallas. Like everything's far away, but no traffic so it's a different kind of far away in it is it's a yeah it's a yeah all things to get used to but all of the people who are still in dallas sitting in their cars and listening are gonna get a treat because we're gonna talk all about your song howling at the moon yeah all and right. we're gonna let them hear the acoustic version of that right now you've been counting seconds till i throw it all away I'll just flip the hourglass, survive another day. Her love and a longing dream, it's all I need to stay, and that's okay. But you've been second guessing till you make me out to be the monster in the shadows, killing everything I see. Her love and that longing rays, the beauty from the beast, and that's okay. Whoa, the dark won't show its face, and now we're too soon. Whoa, whoa, smoke up, sing away. Afternoon, cause I'd be okay. I'd die this way, howling at the moon. I'd be okay if I died this way, howling at the moon. You've been playing tricks, you got a few more up your sleeve I've been round the block, I'm a fool when one I see Her love and that longing's all 
the magic that I need and that's okay. Dark won't show its face an hour too soon. Whoa, whoa. Smoke up, sing away in the afternoon. Cause I'd be okay if I died this way. Howling at the moon. I'd be okay. If I died this way, howling at the moon, I'd be okay. If I died this way, oh, if I'm howling at the That was beautiful. So you and I played a songwriter round at Opening Bell Coffee in Dallas. Uh-huh. And I heard you play the song, and it was just such a beautiful jam. I love the suspensions in the guitar. Thank you. Um, the little licks are great. And it was such a treat to hear how you took that song and made it bigger over the course of the production. Yeah, yeah. That was, um, honestly, I, I give a lot of that to my brother, actually. Yeah? Uh, so, actually... I kind of, I had this song in like ready to rock and we had it pretty much recorded and I sent it over the vocals over to him because he does the harmonies for me. Uh Um, I mean, I can sing them too, but he like, we sound really good together. So it's really a fun thing to do for us together. And he's just, he has this, I don't know. It's this like, he's never had a music lesson in his life, but his ear is just there. Mm. And so that little like delayed harmony was all his idea and it just kicked the song up and then you know we just kind of kept adding instruments and it was it was a good time so I wanted that's... to kind of bring bring some life to to this summer you know <laughs> that's so cool so so you guys are going to get to hear this at the end but for our listeners when you say the delayed harmony what you're talking about is in your woes uh-huh. there's an arpeggiation that comes in a little late yeah mm-hmm. you have the initial woe and then you have somebody show up a third later yeah and yeah. it's beautiful so that's your brother yeah, it's my brother. Yeah. That's so, so cool. 
I grew up in a music family and like I was kind of the the one that really didn't play much music and then it's kind of turned around since I graduated high school and now you know now I'm the the one really chasing this thing so that's awesome so you say you grew up in a musical family what do you Mm -hmm. mean by that so I just grew up around musicians Uh, Mm -hmm. my dad is really really good he plays guitar and sings Mm -hmm. Um, I mean he's better than me like he could have he could have done his thing I I ruined his life no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah my grandpa my uncle were both like very very talented and like well read um, classical musicians and stuff so, and just growing up around good music you know my dad always playing the eagles and beatles on the radio and that kind of thing so it's always just kind of been in my blood and i just kind of had to get out of my own way a little bit i think <laughs> yeah i guess what i hear you saying is that because it was everywhere you were initially a little resistant to it yeah exactly yeah it was like i want I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. I want to, I'm the, I'm the black sheep of the family. I want to do, I want to do my own thing. But, my own path. Yeah. Then you, uh, you know, I grew up playing sports and then you graduate high school and you realize you're not going to be a professional baseball player. And you're like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> uh, and then I picked up the guitar and that's kind of how it, it kind of progressed from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good practical career choice. <laughs> what my parents always remind me of. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, you chose to pick up an instrument. Good job. Yeah, good job. But you play beautifully. And so tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about how this song started. Because it sounds like you wrote it just guitar and voice. Like you just yeah. sat down. We're kind of jamming with the guitar. Absolutely. Yeah, you got it pretty much. Um, so I had that I had that chord progression and kind of melody that I'd been singing uh, maybe like for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I wrote the song like recently after I'd gotten out of the psychiatric hospital actually, mm-hmm. uh, cause I had a breakdown in like t- July, 2021. So like right after that, I'd kind of just been spending a lot of time playing, playing the guitar and just writing songs. And yeah, I had that, that chord progression that I really liked and I loved, I loved the melody that I was singing. And I was just like, I need that perfect lyric story to go fit in with this i need that cinderella lyrics to kind of jive with the what i had going and just kind of one of those writing sessions where i just really started to think about what i had learned and in therapy and in being in the hospital and stuff like that and i just kind of yeah it was a lot about a lot of self-doubt and just Mm -hmm. overcoming that and just learning to believe in myself and and chase that that dream even if it's even if other people are saying you know can't you know that's how you're just howling at the moon yeah it's it, why not i'm i'm enjoying howling at the moon so i'm gonna keep doing it you know yeah and i think i love that you share so vulnerably about that experience and i feel like so many of us artists suffer from the feeling of imposter syndrome or that feeling of insecurity oh, yeah. and you know we can internalize that in a way that becomes really detrimental yeah but the truth is that we do what we do because we find a lot of joy in it yeah exactly yeah and I find I still find myself like even today with that imposter syndrome of like, why am I on this podcast? Like, what are my you know like? What? Yeah, like who am yeah. I to be doing like, this thing? Oh, I actually have written some pretty good songs. Maybe I should like, I should have a little more belief in myself. And I do like, I, I, yeah. But it's it's never gone. Those things are gonna keep popping up. And learning how to like combat those negative thinking patterns and stuff is, that's what actually 
brings happiness rather than like, oh, if I do all of this and I become a professional musician, then I'm going to be happy. It's not, mm. you know, that's not how it works. So yeah, <laughs> inside out, right? That out. I love that you share that. I think it's such a difficult journey to realize that you have to work on you inside. Yeah. Before you can surround yourself with happiness because you can't appreciate what you have until you appreciate who you are yeah exactly yeah that's yeah I mean that's that's kind of been my whole journey of the past year of just like overcoming just feeling like worthlessness you know mm. so and it's something I think everyone struggles with at some point in their life you know I mean it's it's just can't get I mean I say you can't but you do uh, <laughs> Just try not to get swallowed up in it, you know, just try and learn as much to acquire as many skills and tools as you can to fight it off, you know. Well, and you've done such a courageous thing with this song by articulating that feeling and putting it out there and talking about the experience that led to it. Because I think where shame exists, love can't. Mm -hmm. And when we allow ourselves to let shame be an isolating force, when we start to think, oh, who am I to do this? Or, oh, this isn't as good as I thought. Or, oh, I'm not as good as I thought. And we allow that to be isolating. Those feelings grow, right? We feed those feelings with thoughts and they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And right. soon they start to feel insurmountable. But when we shed light on them, they shrink. Because you talk to other yeah. people and you realize everyone feels this way. Yeah. You know, you're like, who am I to be on this podcast? But who am I to start a podcast, right? Like, who am yeah. I to talk to songwriters? I think we all have that feeling. And, you know, there's this really great Ijeoma Umabenyuo quotation where she's just like, start. Start with fear. Start with doubt. Start with handshaking. And I love that yeah. because you realize that everybody, nobody feels ready. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Nobody well, ever thinks, to, well, few people out, ever you know? thinks, yeah, few people <laughs> ever think to themselves, oh, I have the answer. I'm yeah. perfect. I'm ready to go. I, I'm so educated. I'm so prepared. I'm just going to do what I need to do. All of us are like, I don't know. Maybe I need to go back to school and learn more things. Yeah. And it's it's a weird thing, too, because you don't really – I think there's a level that you don't really notice that those thoughts are harmful or there even, mm. you know, or at least for me. So, like, yeah. once I was able to b become aware of those thoughts – and be like, oh, I probably shouldn't, you know, talk to myself like that. That's when I was able to, like, really start d digging in and making the change. Um, but, yeah, it's like to even have that of, like, oh, it's not even on my radar that this is causing all of these issues for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing kind of. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when we keep it inside, nobody's mm -hmm. checking us. Of course we... Of course we think it's normal or of course we think it's fine or of course we think oh it's not that cancerous like it's not that metastatic you know yeah it's not going to swallow me whole nobody right. knows about it but that i think is often where it where it becomes the most detrimental definitely yeah is when it's just you struggling with that by yourself so yeah. when did you when did you start to become aware of those thoughts when did you start to turn that around for yourself um honestly it probably wasn't until I mean, when when I started, I went to college to be uh, like a drug rehab counselor. Mm -hmm. So 
I was kind of going through therapy in those classes without being in therapy. Yeah. Um, and learned a lot from there and really utilized that. But then I kind of fell off the cliff for like three years and back into like really bad habits. Mm. Um, so it was really probably after or like in the hospital and kind of that two or three months after where I was in like intense therapy. Um, yeah, where I just kind of I, I was able to just I was fortunate enough to have the time um, to just kind of dig in, <laughs> dig in yeah. deep and just kind of see what was going on and, and try and be gentle with myself and, and, you know, move forward and try and live my life and be happy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And rewire your brain, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it definitely helps. You, you really kind of learn the tricks to not stop slide back into that as much um but yeah i mean it's it's different for everyone like for me meditation i think is what helps me the most mm. um and it's like working out i think for me like you don't really i mean you do get some kind of like immediate effect from meditation but it's really like you do it over 90 days and then your thoughts are just not attacking you as much and stuff like that mm. so that's that's what those kind of things have been super beneficial for me it's just anything that kind of brings me into myself and allows me to kind of have that time mm. um yeah yeah it sounds like time was one of the gifts that you were able to sort of give yourself in the hospital yeah yeah it was I think it was nice to because you know there you have no distractions you're literally just you know you don't have your phone, you don't have internet or computer. You're just kind of in a room for most of the day if you're not in therapy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of with yourself. And yeah. you got to – it really just kind of forces you into that situation where it's like you either learn to love yourself or you're going to really have to spend some time in here <laughs> until you do figure it out. So, um, yeah, luckily I was fortunate enough to – figure that out pretty quick and and got to you know work with some really great people that helped me change my life really so <laughs> yeah well and then you get to do things like this right which carry the message for so when you talk yeah. so for our listeners who are thinking wow I, are, I feel like i'm stuck in this thought cycle like i'm not i'm not yet at a place where i'm okay howling at the moon you know like yeah, I say yeah. I'm okay howling at the moon, but really uh -huh. in my head, I chastise myself for it. Right. When you do your meditation, is there a particular affirmation that works for you? What does that look like for you? Um, so I do, uh, positive affirmations are like a really big thing for me. Um, I'll do th that kind of separately and mm -hmm. then I'll do guided meditation. I use the, I don't know if I can plug anything on you here, can but plug whatever okay. you want, man yeah <laughs> I used they aren't the they aren't giving us any that. money just just <laughs> yeah <laughs> thorough disclaimer currently journey of a song is not sponsored by anybody if you would like to sponsor journey of a song hit me up um, get on it yeah exactly get on it we'd love to partner maybe um depending on what it is depending yeah. on what it is that you're doing so what is the app that we should partner with it's uh it's it's like a meditation app essentially just like the uh, mindfulness app um, there's a lot of good things on there, like guided meditations, um, like meditation courses, um, sleep casts, all those kind of things that help you just kind of chill out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And make your brain stop for a second. Yeah. 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 
That's awesome. So you said positive affirmation is a big part of it. And then for mm -hmm. you, meditation comes separately because that's the guided meditation. So as somebody, yeah. it helps to have somebody talking to you who's like, breathe in. Yeah. Breathe out. Yeah. Stop thinking. Breathe in. <laughs> I can do the, I can do it myself now. Like when I'm out, sometimes like I'm out camping or something, I'll just kind of be able to do it. But I do like having the, the guided meditation. I don't know what it is, but it's nice to. To just kind of you don't have to think as much i guess mm -hmm. you can really let go well and it's i feel like there's something about people who do online workout programs mm -hmm. and people who do online guided meditation where they have anticipated the points at which you're going to start thinking or you're going to get tired yeah. you know because mm -hmm. the workout person will be like just three more just three more she'll be like watch your form watch your form yeah. and you're like oh man i do need to watch my form yeah, or in meditation right they'll that. be like they don't think just say to yourself thinking and let the thought pass and you're like oh yeah yeah that's okay i was thinking <laughs> yeah that's that's spot on that's hilarious <laughs> so you you enjoy getting called out by the meditation app yeah exactly you know i need that i need that discipline i guess i don't know <laughs> accountability is good no yeah. i think it is helpful so so what's your app what's your go-to uh it's a headspace okay yeah very cool yeah so you'd been playing a lot of guitar mm -hmm. um and you came up with this melody that you liked yep and this progression that you liked mm -hmm. when did the words start to come to you um it was really it was like a i do i'd been doing a lot of writing like early mornings mm -hmm. um my girlfriend would get up and go to work at like 6 a.m. And I was like in therapy and then I'd get home at like, I don't know, 11 a.m. So I'd have this time in the morning to myself to write and then like the whole afternoon to write. Um, so I, I started it like really early in the morning, just kind of with this idea of, okay, what if I wrote a song about these two sides of my mind you know one telling me um you know you can't do these things and then the other yeah it's just all i need is her love and a longing dream you know and, um so it just kind of progressed from there and and i i never my my lyric writing and in like songwriting um process is so just kind of scattered all over the place like it's just like it's like I have all these pieces. It's like a, a junk garage or something. I have all these pieces, and I'm just, like, pulling from all these different things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that fits. Let's. I remember this from three months ago. Let's plug it in here. Um, so it was just kind of one of those things, you know, where it all just kind of came together from all these other things that I had ready to rock. That's awesome. So... So what I hear you saying is that it wasn't necessarily like a chronological writing. Like you didn't start with verse one, go into the chorus, come out with verse two, go into the chorus. But the pieces started coming together in your head. And so you started yeah. kind of writing those pieces down and then just kind of shifting them around until they fit. Yeah. And, and once I kind of like, I'll start early in the morning and that'll kind of like fester in my head all day. And I'll be able mm -hmm. to just like write while I'm walking or working or whatever mm -hmm. because i can just kind of say random stuff over melodies like in my head mm -hmm. um and that's kind of yeah and i'm just like okay i like that that works with 
the message of the song and like i don't know just kind of build it from from a message that i you know just trying to really and sometimes it's not like that because it's just i'm just writing and then it's like oh that's what i felt you know but yeah with this one it was more of okay i have this idea we'll get it out you know yeah we talk a lot on the podcast about how songwriting is kind of like truth serum Mm -hmm. you know like there's something about a melody that unearths whatever feeling you've been trying to put words to Mm -hmm. but you're not quite sure how to articulate it or you've been ignoring it and all of a sudden it bubbles to the surface through a song yeah it's that's it's it's eerie because like i um yeah, I, I wrote all of these songs in the past like year, just breakup songs and like really sad things. And now like my relationship ended and I moved to Kansas City and I'm like feeling all of these things and be like, oh, let me just listen to my own song or play my own song here and just listen to myself for once. And uh, <laughs> actually, I actually had some good advice in this song. So, <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty weird. I love that, though. I think that's beautiful that there's a realization for yourself in the song that you wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the wiser meditative you was whispering to you through a melody going, CD, CD, there's a thing you have to remember. Yeah. About how awesome you are. We're going to put it right here in this line. (laughs) That's great. How how the, the subconscious mind works. Absolutely. But I think that that's, I think at its best, that's what songwriting becomes is a conversation Mm -hmm. between the conscious and the unconscious mind. Yeah, I like that. You know, like we, we give the cognition necessary to really articulate what the unconscious mind is feeling. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think I learn that more and more as I continue to write. It's like, okay, I'm I'm able to, yeah, you're able to more clearly express yourself, but you're also more, you're able to understand what you're saying too. It's kind of a weird, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly the way it works. It's, and it's a strange sensation where you realize that you're you're saying what you were feeling and you're like, oh yeah, that is, that is the feeling. Yeah, yeah. But, but exactly. you've got some really beautiful lines in here that I want to highlight and kind of ask about. Okay. Um, the first thing that struck me as I was listening to it was, you've been second guessing till you make me out to be the monster in the shadows killing everything I see. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you, which is, you reference you in the song, uh-huh. and then there's an I. Are you talking yeah. to yourself? Or are you talking to an outside you or both? Um. So you've been second guessing till you make me out to be the monster in the shadows, killing everything I see. Um, I'm really, yeah. So the first line is the voice in my head saying, oh yeah, you know, you're, you can't do it. And the second line is, um, yeah, still that second, still, um, other voice in my head or whatever you know telling me i can't do it yeah those first two so yeah i guess it's the voice in my head talking to me (laughs) to answer your question no but i think i think you articulate something important right which is that 
we all have multiple voices in our head saying things, but so many of them are socialized voices or imposter voices. And it's hard to quiet those voices and listen to the mm-hmm. true authentic voice that wants to say, no, you've got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Like, how aligned do we feel when we do this? Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so weird to, like, dissect your own songs. Um, because, yeah, it's like there's stuff in there that I realize, like, okay yeah exactly what you're saying is right but it's like i and it's it's how i think about it too and i just can't Mm -hmm. articulate it you know what i mean (laughs) that's why we do this yeah Yeah. no but i think there's keep talking until it comes out right (laughs) (laughs) well but there's you know it goes back to that idea that you have about putting the pieces of your subconscious mind together until the song makes sense Uh uh-huh um You know, so often we don't realize that that conversation between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind is happening. Right. Until we look at it on the page and we're like, whoa, that makes so much sense. (laughs) Oh, I wrote a thing that actually makes a bunch of sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So was this the first of the many songs that you wrote about this period? Or is this like, where does this fall in the order? This one, I think it was a about third because i had i had about 12 songs that i was ready to just record for my next album and or my first album really um and then i wrote this one and i was like okay well here we got another one that we've got to figure out what to do with um so yeah it was like third um i wrote a song called save me i think that was the first Mm -hmm. um one out out of the hospital and then um yeah just another random song or something yeah yeah do you can you when you go back kind of trace the progression of your own emotions through those songs um yeah definitely it's it's it was definitely a growing period for me and like this kind of like i was in this period of okay i feel better i just came out of a very supportive environment and i know how to continue to feel better but now it's up to me and i have to have all this personal accountability and like hopefully this continues will it continue that kind of thing so it was all of this and i was also just in a huge just introspective self-reflection kind of state um so yeah it was it was definitely just kind of following that and and kind of trying to put that into song and mm. build off of that because that's just how I you know it's one of my it's my main coping skill you know it's just to pick up a guitar and start writing so a lot of things just flowed out um and yeah it was just really uh it was kind of it was a cool moment too because I realized like okay, this music isn't, for me, just, like, some career or, like, I don't want to just be, like, I'm not just doing this to try and make money or something, you know? It's like, oh, music for me is really just me learning how to process my emotions, you know? Hmm. And so that's, yeah. So it's helped me in, in that way, too, to kind of, 
um, stay on course, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like you almost gave yourself a roadmap to mental health. Yeah, yeah. It's like the breadcrumbs that you could follow to get back home. Yeah, I just uh, I need to get that album recorded, and then I can just listen to it every morning, and it'll it'll keep me on track. It'll be someone well, and maybe it's someone else's guided meditation, right? Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Thank you. I I love that you talk about music as a way of processing emotion. And as like your go-to for processing emotion. I think a lot of a lot of the songwriters that we've had on the podcast echo that feeling. Yeah, that definitely. That's where you go in confusion, that's where you go in crisis, that's where you go in moments of like uncontainable joy is yeah. to a guitar or to a piano. Yep. Yeah. It's and it's funny cuz I like that was one of my biggest problems until recently was like I had so many emotions that I didn't didn't allow myself to feel or like you know that kind of thing. So music for me would always help me kind of it was it was that outlet for me to like have those emotions, you know. So it's definitely special for me in that way. Mm-hmm. And now it's like oh I'm totally comfortable feeling those emotions like you know i'm a human being i have every single emotion that there is um Mm -hmm. yeah so now i get to like just have fun with that i think that's kind of where i'm at just like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna you know be able to to use my emotion a little more i think yeah that's really beautiful and give yourself permission to feel it yeah definitely so is that one of the things that you feel was really beneficial about being in the psychiatric ward was the chance to really kind of dig in and give yourself permission to feel the things you were feeling? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely just so many, yeah, so much that was just buried so deep, you know, that, and that's, that's, that was a huge part of it. I just didn't know how to, um, and then, yeah, I just didn't know. Uh, there were so many things that I didn't allow myself to feel or I didn't know how to feel. Um, and then, yeah, that I was ashamed to feel, you know, all the, all the things. So being able to, to realize, oh, okay, it's okay to have those feelings or be angry or, you know, <laughs> and it's just like learning to figure out, okay, I'm angry. How do I not let this escalate to where I'm like Mm. smashing things you know yeah so it's not necessarily the feeling is what I hear you saying but it's what the feeling has the potential to do right yeah yeah I think we as a society are not always great about talking about the outlet for the emotion like Mm. we're good at pinpointing emotions and we're very good at wielding them at each other on social media. Yeah. Sorry, we're not great at giving ourselves permission to work through those feelings in productive ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, and it's, it's weird that, that I had to go to like, the hospital to learn that you know it's it was one of those things it's not weird but it's like 
after I went, it was like, everybody needs to do this. Like, everybody needs to go through this. It was horrible for, you know, for a little bit. But hmm. it was also, like, it literally changed my life. Like, it's not that gets thrown around a lot. But, like, my life has changed, you know. Yeah. And, and for the better. So it's definitely something that, like, there shouldn't be stigma around it. You know, mm -hmm. it's like it, it's it's for everybody. It's not for, you know, we all have this, these things going on. So, yeah, I, that's what I was actually going to ask you is, did you leave feeling like everyone should go? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I still myself am like, man, could I go back there? And I could, I know I could, but I, I definitely don't want to. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also, yeah, it's that of like, I never want to go back there, but everyone needs to experience that, you know? Yeah. So what about it do you feel like everybody needs to experience? What was the part that really learn who you are? Like I mean, and I I say there I think there's so much weight being put on like who are you? Who am I? Who am I supposed to be? And I think I don't know, you just learn you're able to just have that time, I guess, to figure it out. One like it, it you kind of like you go to class and then you learn some things and then you go sit in your room and like figure out how that applies to you. And like, mm. then you have the time to actually, okay, I guess I'll start working through this or writing about it or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think, I think one, everyone just needs that time alone to be, to dig in. Um, and yeah, it just helps you really kind of figure out, what's going on you know <laughs> and, yeah and who you really are like at your core you know so it's that combination of being asked the question being given some information getting the processing time and then allowing yourself to work through it yeah and yeah. knowing that that's going to be a messy non-linear process yeah definitely and you definitely have to trust that these things are going to work <laughs> like I think that was a big thing for me in the beginning was like I just didn't trust anybody and I mm -hmm. didn't I wanted to do things my way and like and that's fine um to some degree but you also have to be like okay they know what they're talking about let me listen and see if what they're saying if I apply that to my life if that works and you know I was able to do that and things did work so um that kind of definitely gives you a lot more motivation to keep going and trying new things. I feel like that kind of open-mindedness can be applied to so much in life. Mm -hmm. Where we think we know the right thing to do. We think we know the right way to go. We think we know how situations should be handled. But there's so much value in stepping back and allowing someone else's point of view to be articulated. Because yeah. the truth is, if we really do know the right thing, you know, if we really do have the understanding we think we have, mm -hmm. then someone else's opinion isn't going to change our conclusion yeah. about what we should do or where we should go. Right. But if we don't, what a blessing to have someone step in and be like, before you make this mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Before you let this destroy your way of thinking, let me introduce another option. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that, that I think you really learn from being in the hospital is like other people's perspectives and you're able to kind of mm -hmm. open your mind to that a lot more 
of like, okay, this person's not just being rude because just to be rude, just to be a jerk to you, you know, they have this, this, and this, and this going on. And, mm. you know, it, it just kind of, you can kind of see people from like, yeah, you just, it, you're able to see their perspective a lot, a lot more uh, and just be like, all right, that's cool. You know, <laughs> it sounds like it was almost a crash course in empathy. Yeah. 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 It was, it was a, it was just a crash course in life for me. <laughs> Learning how to be a human being. Well, but that's sort of what you talk about in the song, right? Yeah. I mean, I think my biggest issue for my whole life was just this, yeah, this kind of running negative thought pattern mm. um, and just always self-sabotage and that kind of thing. And um this song was really the first time in my life that I'd ever been like, okay, I, I believe in myself for the first time ever. And that's really, that's a really special thing, you know? Um, because in the past I'd been like, okay, like, I think I'm writing good songs and I think I'm doing this, but then, you know, I would send it to somebody and they wouldn't say it's the best in the world or the best song they've ever heard. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm a terrible songwriter. And you know, it was just that bad of like that negative. Um, so yeah, just learning to, to not go down that road um, and realizing those things, those thoughts don't do anything but harm you, you know? Well, and confirmation bias is so real mm -hmm. that idea that we look for what we think we deserve to hear yeah and yeah. as artists i think it is you're not the first person to articulate this and i've definitely been there myself where yeah it's very easy to go from best to worst mm -hmm. you're like this is a great song and if someone's like yeah it's good you're like oh they didn't say great yeah yeah or, oh they didn't say the best and yeah. then we turn that into a thought spiral mm -hmm. and what i hear you saying is that you kind of learned to rewire that to stop looking for the bad things and to start yeah. looking for the good things yeah, I mean, especially with songwriting, it's like, okay, do I like the song? Do I think it's good? Okay, that's great. That's that's all I'm here for. Like, that's all I'm here to do. So let me share it with people. If they like it, cool. If they don't, you know, I'll write some more. Maybe you'll like one of those. Well, and that's it did what my... it needed to do for you, right? It exactly, captured yeah. like a musical snapshot, that moment in which you were like, I believe in me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's songwriting for me too is like it's like you said it's a musical snapshot i think a lot of people like write in journals and stuff but it bring these songs bring you back to that moment like uh, and you're able to feel emotions that you felt during that time and like really understand and you're coming from it like at yourself in the future so you're able to kind of really work through that a lot better um, and you can work through those feelings too. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's just a lot of a lot of good good stuff with songwriting. And you can put yourself back in that perspective, but with the wisdom that you have now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's such a gift as we you know write songs about complicated times in our lives is to be able to step back into that as who we are now, and say. Right. Oh, I see what's going on. And it becomes yeah. a dialogue, right? Because sometimes, to your point, the song speaks to you. Sometimes you listen to an old song and you're like, I was smart. 
Yeah. I, that That's the thing I should remember more often. I need to like yeah. tattoo that onto a body part or write it on a post-it and stick it to my mirror, you know. Yep. It gives us a reminder of a time. And what a beautiful snapshot to take a picture in song of the moment when you felt like you really believed in yourself. So you can go back to that place over yeah. and over and over and find strength in it. And then to share it with other people so they can find strength in it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a really, you know, uh, there's nothing else in my life that is like that, you know. Nothing else that you can, that I can relate to other people i guess and like connect with in that way um and connect with myself in that way so it's it's um yeah very uh cathartic i guess i don't know yeah what i hear you saying is that we're all blessed as artists and as listeners to be part of something that gives us permission to feel yeah. And permission to yeah. explore those feelings and time. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, for the whole four and a half minute duration or three and a half minute duration or whatever of the song, you're giving someone the opportunity to be in that feeling. Right. To process that feeling, to listen to the lyrics, to kind of groove with that guitar like that you've got going. And to say, yeah, okay. I, I am okay with who I am. Yeah. I feel yeah. good about it. Yeah. And, definitely. you know. Whatever anybody else has to say about it, I can sit in this place and feel good with me. Right. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. And it's like, yeah, okay, it's cool for someone to come up. And I, it really is. Like, if someone comes up after a show and they're like, oh, that song, I really related to that. And it's like, oh, that's great. That's not why I wrote it. I wrote it for me. But also, I did want to relate to you. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right. Yeah, we talk a lot on the show about how uh, like, frequent listeners of the show know that we talk a lot on the show about what happens when you finish recording and you have to give it away and mm -hmm. what a difficult thing that is for a songwriter. Because yeah. when you write it, you have that moment where you're either pleased because you've managed to say exactly what you meant, mm -hmm. or you go back to the drawing board and you're like, that's not what I meant. I'm yeah. going to take that back. I'm going to like cut it up, use it in something different. Right. But when you have to release it, like you write a song for yourself, but you release it for other people. Because otherwise, yeah. why would we go through all that trouble? Like, exactly, why would we try yeah. to figure it? Artists aren't meant to figure out accounting. Why would we yeah. want to figure out like how to register the song and all of these different platforms, you know, and how to make right. sure all the royalties go to the right people? Like we wouldn't figure that out if we didn't <laughs> care about people hearing the song. Uh, yeah, exactly. I want to. And that's I think it's my way of like feeling like i can make friends and things like that um or i mean i feel like i can make friends in my life but you know it's just a different way of connecting with people i think that that i really just enjoy i mean i think that's what it boils down to is it's like i i enjoy writing songs and sharing them with people you know uh, and i want to i hope they find something from it and really you know, want to gravitate towards that, you know. Hard retweet on all of that. I love that. <laughs> I, yes, because I have never made faster friends than I make when I play a song and people come up. And I'll yeah. just, we'll, we can just share, right, with all of the listeners right now. If you come up to a songwriter after a show and tell them that you liked their song, you're instantly friends. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like the songwriter is going to be like, excellent. Yeah. Let's be friends. Yeah. I'll you liked my music? Here. We're friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't take much more than that. But, it is an emotional connection because like we've put out something really deep and meaningful about ourselves mm 
mm-hmm. or something vulnerable, right? Like you've shown the scary, not so pretty parts of yourself to someone else in music. And for them to come up and say, I related to that part of you. Yeah. Um, you connect on a deeper level in that moment. Right. Yeah, you definitely do. It's, I, yeah, <laughs> that's all I've got for that. <laughs> So when you decided to release this, you and your brother had been going back and forth. He uh, did some harmonies for it. Yeah. Um, but you've built the track out. You've got drums. You've got other instruments going on. Yep. Where did you record? How did it all come together? So I actually um, worked with the studio over the internet. Um, we I worked with a uh, producer named Craig Durant uh-huh. out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were able to just like actually be as hands-on as I wanted to be with the song, like over the internet Um, rather than like being in the studio, which is really what I wanted to do. But Mm -hmm. um, I just, the production quality that I was getting with him was just like great. And I was like, all right, we'll go with this. And I'm, I'm happy with, with how it turned out. We were able to kind of have, you know, full control over the song and and really yeah just craft every little part of it so um mandolin was in the song for a little bit like we had this whole mandolin track that i scrapped um like right before he i decided to release it so uh it was a little too much too like i don't know it was it was strange it's a little it too extra good, but it, was, it was a little <laughs> too yeah it was a little too extra exactly i love hearing stuff like that i think it's so Ooh. funny what you know, people always ask why we as artists want to put something on a track. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm always curious with you guys when you come on the show. I'm always like, why'd you add this? Why'd you add that? But we yeah. don't ever get to ask why somebody took something away because we don't know what was removed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I love that yeah, you that share was... that. It's, it's funny because I always have such big goals with my songs and I'm like, oh, I, wanted, I want all this to, to go down. And then I realize, oh, my songs are so meant for like acoustic guitar and just vocals and harmony and it's like all right that's what you know that's kind of the direction i'm headed but i've had to kind of learn that from uh yeah from a little trial and error but i'm happy with with the song and i'm you know it was wonderfully produced so it sounds amazing i can't wait for our listeners to hear it cd man i'm so sad that you're in kansas city but i'm so glad you chose to come and hang out with us tonight um, if people are listening and they're thinking, gosh, this guy is so cool. I love his journey. I love his vibe. I love so much what he stands for. Where's the best place for people to find you? Um, you can find all my links at cdbarclaymusic.com. Uh, that kind of gets you wherever you want to go. So just and that's, start there. For our listeners on the radio, that's C-D-B-A-R-C-L-A-Y music.com and for those of you who are listening on podcast you have an easy job all you have to do is scroll up and click we'll have the link down below how about that yeah technology man yeah crazy so the next thing that we get to do um first of all thank you so much for coming on the show yeah thanks for having me this was one of the coolest things i've ever done in my life oh i love that yes this is this is special it's there's nothing better than sitting around talking about music you know? Yeah. It's, it's and specifically getting to talk to, about like the night. songwriting process. Oh, yeah. You don't get to do it as often as you need to. You know? It's true. We should do it more often. 
should all do it more often. Well, next time you come, let's do another songwriter round. All right. Yeah, I'll be I'll be in town pretty often. So let's, you heard it here first. Let's make it happen. Um, all right. And the next thing that gets to happen is people are going to get to hear the fully produced version of Howling at the Moon. Would you like to introduce your song? Yeah, I guess so. This is um, C.D. Barclay, Howling at the Moon. show its face an hour too soon
Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of Journey of a Song featuring the thoughtful C.D. Barclay. To hear more from C.D. or to follow his journey, you can check him out on Instagram at at C.D. Barclay or visit his official website at cdbarclaymusic.com. That's C-D-B-A-R-C-L-A-Y music.com. For behind-the-scenes glimpses and inside information, follow me on Instagram at at Music. That's at E-M-M-E-L-I-N-E music. Don't forget to check out my other show, Journey of an Artist, Sundays at 5 p.m. Central on Deep Ellum Radio. Journey of a Song airs Wednesdays at noon Central Time on Deep Ellum Radio, and each episode is available as a podcast the very next day. Discover new music and hear fascinating stories with me, Emmeline, every Wednesday on Deep Ellum Radio and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to tune in next week. You won't want to miss a single minute of these inspiring conversations. If a picture is worth a thousand words, a song is worth a thousand stories.